The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from the old National Bank State Street Studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Carmen and Yurko on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. Thanks for listening, calling, and participating in today's show. Thanks to Pat for sitting in for Yurt. Good kids back tomorrow. Great work by Black and Abdallah. They'll be on after Waddle and Sylvie, 6 until 8 tonight. And thanks to Jesse Rogers for joining us. Time for Crosstalk brought to you by Club Hawthorne, celebrating Oktoberfest all month with Sam Adams. Buy a beer, get a free bet every Friday. How about that? See HawthorneBettingBars.com for details. You know Oktoberfest in Germany is in September? Why do they have that so screwed up? What, Doesn't make any sense to me. Or do we do we have our months wrong? Isn't that I don't a thing? Like, we, that's it, we our months it we sounds like it something we would do yeah. here but in, they in call America. It Oktoberfest, yeah. but it's in September. There's got to be an explanation. Does October they mean October it, over there? Is they that? call it Septemberfest. Do they call it that over there? No, no they don't. They call it Oktoberfest. <laughs> he no. said it so what's convincingly. The, I know. Like, what's the explanation? I don't know. Well, Google it. You have Nationale Nine. <laughs> Cincinnati's got a huge German. Yes, it's a huge yeah. German population, and they've got a huge Oktoberfest. Yeah, do they? Porkopolis. It was also called Porkopolis back in the day. I didn't yeah. know that. Well, there's a big German contingent it's also here in called Chicago. Northern Kentucky. Nor- Northern Kentucky. Mm. <laughs> Sylvie's looking it up now. Dude, I fly into the greater Cincinnati airport. It's in Covington, Kentucky. Yeah, it's on the south it's, side of the yes, river, It's right? not in yeah. Cincinnati. Right. It's in Kentucky. It's not in Ohio. It's no. not, you know. No. It's in it's Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, they should call it the greater Kentucky airport. You're basically Kentucky, let's face it. No doubt, but yeah. so just call it the greater yeah, Kentucky that, airport. That's what I would do. I'd call it the Bourbon Airport. What are you finding, Sylvie? Anything? Yeah, I find uh, there's a bunch of things. I just got to figure out which uh, one I need to click on here. Don't uh, click on the wrong one. Don't yeah. click on the one with, na- with nakedness on it. <laughs> oh, you got to be careful with that. You got to be careful. He's looking up Wienerschnitzel. Uh, is it Oktoberfest or Beerfest? Yeah. 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 He's looking up German sausages over here. Yeah. I, I think so the best, it called a Bitfinder? Is that what it is? Bit Defender? In 1832, the date was moved some weeks later as a Greek delegation came. It was inspired then for the Zappos Olympics, which came in 1896, the modern Olympic Games. Later, the Oktoberfest was lengthened, and the date pushed forward because the days are longer and warmer at the end of September. Mm. All right. I think I like I could read deeper okay. articles on it. Don't but it, care. But it, is, but it is true. Oktoberfest happens yeah. in September. Yes. Anyway, how, I digress. How us is that just like... Yeah, we, we moved it there already. Yeah. We might as well leave it there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It works better there. <laughs> yeah. We did it our way. I don't got nothing going on that weekend. Let's just yeah. keep it there. Yeah. All right. Sounds Do good it our to way. me. Well, we'll still celebrate Oktoberfest all October. Like, what do we yeah. have? We have some, I'm sure, some things here. Like, March Madness culminates in April, right? That's true, but I the real madness though, is right? in March. I mean, you know, like... Plus, Oktoberfest and March Madness I, I, just seem to be in different <laughs> conversations. I bet I could come up with some better it's ones. the same amount of drinking. Yeah. That's true. What know. else do we have that, that, like... I don't know. I think everything else seems to... To mesh. It seems to mesh. I, you know, and I got no buzz for anything. No. Our football team sucks. Well, our baseball <laughs> team sucks. Our football team. You know, what are you going to just end it? 
Probably. Tom, Tommy's tired. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy's tired. I have He's a headache. Long, though. I, mean, you I know. came in and I said to Carmen and to Pat, I said, look, I, I have a headache. It's, it happened Again last with week. A headache. Yeah, well, you watch that team on yeah. Sunday, headache. Mm. You you talk about them all day Monday after rewatching the film, headache, headache. Mm-hmm. And then if you watch the film again, headache. It's bad. And then you come in on Tuesday to talk about it again, a headache. I mean, it's just the way it I'm is. I'm building a coaching staff. Oh, yeah? I am. Like, And I'm already thinking about Ron Rivera getting fired. I think he would be a good uh, DC <laughs> with uh, whoever uh, the Bears hire. Like, So if they want to hire Jim Harbaugh, he needs a good defensive coordinator if they want to hire Ben Johnson. He yes. needs an established yeah. veteran guy who used to be a head coach and a defensive guy as well to run the defense. Four so, weeks in. Ron, Four weeks like, in. I, uh, like, I'm, I'm building something Four here. Four weeks like, in, and like, the conversations we, upstairs uh, what, what, are Caleb Williams won't want to come to the Chicago yeah, right. Bears if they pick him, and we're trying to put together a new coaching staff. It's October. That's why Waddle's it's got October. a headache. Look at him, the poor it's guy. October. It's October. Yeah, it's October fest. It's October fest, you Waddle. And this <laughs> like, is where we're at. Uh, it's I feel tough, man. This is what we're doing. I like uh, Sylvie's thought process, though. You got to start thinking. thinking. What, yeah, would you sure. give up like a one of your fingers or one of your toes for this to all go away and no, for no, it to be no, some no. common? Well, just football. Wrong. I mean, I love football, but no, I don't love it that. Which really? toe? Really? Which toe? I'm just saying, like for which not toe? A finger, not a finger. The pinky toe pinky is always toe. the one. You That's the most important, though, right? Which no. one, big or pinky? Big. Is your outside? Well, well the you, outsides are important. Well, the you, outsides were important. So is well, the middle saying, toe the least important? I would probably say next to the pinky toe. If you could take that one. The index toe? Is it yeah, called no, the index? A middle oh. toe. Yeah, no, no, no. no. The, the ring toe? Right here. Yeah, you know I mean? Yeah, like the ring That's toe. That's fine. Yeah. No, but, now, by the way, if you don't do it, there's a really good chance that this will continue I'm, until I'm, the well, end of time. You're not taking any of my digits. Maybe a toe. a toe, but not a toe. I'd okay. give a toe. No, but if, but a toe. if you give me a toe or a finger, I can guarantee you that you will not only be in the hunt consistently, you will be in the postseason you, 75% of the years that did, you still have on this planet. That, okay. All right. That's a, did you hear? Give what, me a toe. Did you hear? You guys are probably. I'll enjoy that more than the toe. You well, guys wait, wait, were, Abdallah, what did you used to say? Didn't you say that you would have given up a toe if the Bears had drafted Mahomes? That, that's what he said yeah. back in Absolutely. the day. Absolutely, I'd wear it around my neck like a necklace. <laughs> I told the, the Mahomes maybe, but, not, but not a finger. No, no, not but a, a finger. But, but you didn't pinky. say that when he was coming out, right? After no, we knew no, who he was? No, to redo it. To redo, redo the role. Okay. It was after we knew what he was. I'd be like, yeah, if like Roger right. Goodell came and be like, I will I will place Patrick Mahomes on the Bears, right. but all it takes is for you to cut off your pinky toe. Bring me a knife. Okay. Yeah. You, you wouldn't guys? even do it. With, well, you'd have to have anesthesia, well, and you'd have to have I mean, an antibiotic. Yeah, give me a couple shots. Oh, first. I thought yeah, we were going full it. on just ass. Yeah. Oh, we need to stick like, it up there. I like thought, John Wick. Yeah, I, mean, I thought we were yeah. wicking it. Have you? Did, did you, you say hear, that? Did you hear yesterday when uh, we were talking about Belichick? You're going out for a second, and he had re- he had said he goes. You realize for 17 consecutive years they won double digit games. Yeah, you know, we're talking about life without Brady. Yeah. And do you know? So I checked. Do you know how far back? How many years you have to go back before you get to? The, la- the 17 double-digit seasons for the Bears? Like, if you count... 1940. 1942. Yeah. 1942. Yeah. So, so give me one of your toes, Bears bro. football with Sid Luckman. To- uh, right? It. Yeah. I'm giving the toe. Give me a toe. I'm giving Carl. the toe. Give me a toe. And Come guys, on. I don't and mean... I'll wear open-toed sandals you to the game guys, in the winter. Yeah, you guys, oh, yeah. I don't mean they won 17 consecutive games in no, the third, no, no, no. Or 17 consecutive seasons. You have to go back. Yes. Yeah, if you count all the double-digit win seasons, starting with their last one in 2018, yeah. to reach 17 oh. seasons, yeah, oh. so you, you have, have to, to go back to 1942. 
two. Right. The Patriots. I knew exactly oh what you were talking yes. about. Yes. So when you start in 2018, it, it, double digit wins. Yeah. You have to it took count you 80 back. years. It took you 80, 80 years, years to have 17 double digit winning and the seasons. Patriots I get did you. It with Belichick and Brady. Why do you think I'm asking you to give me a toe for Christ's sake? <laughs> and I'm telling you, he's going to get close. Reed and Mahomes are probably going to get close to ripping yeah. off Cur- something Cur- like selfish. 17. Right? It's selfish. 1942. <laughs> My father it. wasn't born. Right. Forget the toe. I'll give you a testicle. <laughs> oh, really? No, I won't. No. I was going to say. Well, you well, don't need those. Now you would. Why? You wouldn't, would. 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 wouldn't give up a testicle for the Bears? No. You're not a real oh. Bears fan. Okay, fine. I'm not a real Bears fan. Adala, would you wear your testicle around your necklace? He's out. Oh, yeah. Would you wear my testicle around your necklace? Now, that's a puka shell necklace right there. That's a puka shell. You can bronze that, can't you? My puka ball. Can you bronze that? I don't know. I'm just, the moral of the story is I'm a little frustrated and I have a headache. That's the moral, <laughs> the moral of the story. Of the story. Yeah. Tommy's frustrated yeah. with a headache. Like, I can, I can only do this for so much longer. And then I'm going we to got an Justin, island. We got Justin Fields' press conference. Uh, all, right. all right. Here's, Here's, go. Here's Justin at the podium. But I think we were good situationally. Uh, Gold zone. You know, we executed well. And um, I think, you know, that's a plus that we got to keep, keep on going. So uh, just keep that going. And, um, you know, if something's there. Just not just throw it away and move on to the next play. And um, I think, you know, everybody did a good job bouncing back. For example, Tyler had a false start. First 15, we didn't let that phase us, and we kept moving on. So it was good. What Somebody's phone is ringing up here. Hold up. Pick it up. Here we go. Pick it up. <laughs> what are the amount? You had an uptick of two tight end sets this past week. What does that do for this offense? Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, uh, Influences the personnel that you want the defense to bring out. So, um, you know, 12, 11 personnel, just you just do that for, you know, matchups and personnel purposes. Do you feel that that helped? I mean, just in getting the tight ends more involved, obviously Cole had a really good day too, but do you think that that helped move the ball down the field more more effectively than it had in previous weeks? I think so, but I, you know, also think that we do 12 a good bit each and every game. So I think it's, you know, Based on what team you play, um, whether you want them to bring nickel out or keep base on the field or what, so I think it you know changes each and each and every week. Justin, we know how you felt about <coughs> losing the game this past week, but do you take some amount of of pride and accomplishment over the fact that you did throw for over three hundred yards and have four touchdowns? Is it, do you? I mean, yeah, uh, you do a little bit, but you know the main thing is you want to win. Um, to be honest, I'd rather throw for 50 yards, three picks, and we still win the game than, you know, what, what happened this past Sunday. Um, at this point, winning is just the number one thing on, on my mind. So I just, I'd rather do that than accomplish any individual goal or individual statistic than that there is. So, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm just trying to get a dub. So, yeah. Just on that short touchdown pass to Cole, when you're rolling out, what are your eyes telling you there? And what, what, what are you kind of trying to manipulate there? You got... You know, a couple different targets coming with you to that side. And just kind of the decision-making process on the move there. Yeah, I mean, you're just trying to, you know, put the defense in a bind. Of course, you know, the defense is going to be paying attention to, you know, me running the ball as well. So I just try to uh, stretch the play out as long as possible, um, keep the play alive, and um, got the defense flowing to me late, um, thinking that I might, you know, try to run for the pylon real quick. And uh, Cole was smart in that play, kind of kept himself open, and I stayed away from everybody, and then, Got the defenders to, you know, try to come and tackle me, and then I just popped it right over to Cole. So um, just great execution by Cole and 
you know, keeping the play alive, keeping himself alive to be able to, you know, make that catch for the touchdown. What's the process like the last day or two of trying to figure out what from Sunday's game is kind of a universal thing that could work Sunday to Sunday to Sunday? And what was a product of the fact, you know, the, the Broncos defense came in having given up some pretty gaudy numbers? I never, it was a lot of, it was a long question. How do you sort through what can work every week versus what worked because you were playing a defense that had been struggling? Um, I think that's a complicated question, but, you know, to kind of simplify that, I think you can look at what we did, um, you know, um, you know, how guys went up, like, for example, DJ uh, making a contested catch, how guys were on, you know, the details, how guys ran the routes at the right depth, how the line protected, um, you can carry that over, but scheme wise, you really can't, um, because we know, you know, most teams do things differently. So you're also going to have to change things up offensively to, you know, try to attack the defense the way, you know, they can be attacked in a way that, you know, you can score points on them. But uh, you were about to, about to do a follow-up question. What you did on Sunday, do you think that that is closer to what your offensive identity is? I do think we, you know, took a step closer in finding uh, our identity as an offense. So, you know, that's always a positive to get. But, um, I mean, yeah, we just have to keep working hard and, you know, keep getting better each and every day. Um you know, this week's a short week, so I uh, really got to lock in mentally because we don't have the same amount of days. We do to lock in on the game plan, so, you know, guys are locked in mentally, uh, a lot of walkthroughs, and uh, we just got to lock in and get the body right, and especially the mind for, you know, this game coming up Thursday night. Justin, when you study Washington and you see their two defensive tackles, what has to go right for you guys to keep that from ruining everything? I mean, yeah, I mean, they have a – they have a pretty good front four. Um, not their D tackles, of course. We know they got Montez and you know Chase on the the ends. But um, I mean, yeah, guys are just gonna have to be great on double teams, um, sustain blocks for a long time, and um, really just protect. So um, we know everything kind of starts with the whole line. So uh, you know, they know that you know they're going up against a talented group, but you know they're excited because it's an opportunity for them to uh, you know go out there and you know ball out. So I'm excited for those guys as well. And uh, you know, of course. Washington as a whole, um, you know, they're a talented defense. So, you know, we're excited as an offense to be able, be, be able to go out there and, you know, showcase what we can do. You said Sunday night that you wanted Chase on this team. What's your reaction to him being gone another week? Uh, you know, it sucks. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, can't control it. And uh, got to go out there with the guys that we have and uh, execute like we did this past Sunday. So, uh, you know, wish nothing but the best for Chase. And, uh, you know, I think he knows that, you know, he kind of, Messed up by kind of saying that, but you know, wish that by the best. He's a talented player, and he's a great person. Uh, has a good heart, and you know, works really hard. So, um, definitely gonna be staying in touch with them, uh, regardless of what happens. And um, wish that by the best. You get messed up, Justin. Do you think he'll be back at some point this season with the Bears? Uh, that's a question for Coach Fluce and Pose. I don't, I don't, I don't make those decisions. That's but my prayer grade. So, yeah. When you say um, messed up and what he said, are you talking about? Talking about the media, how he just said no. Um, you know, talked multiple times, and he really tries to avoid the media. So, uh, you know, that that day, y'all just caught him, and you know, and of course, I think you know, if he got asked that again, or if he, you know, wish he could take it back, he would. But of course, he can't. And uh, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah. Saying that he's not being used correctly. That that whole exchange on Friday. Yeah, that exchange on Friday. Yeah. Do you think that factored into being inactive? And- no. Um, coach told us that you know that 
one thing didn't factor in for them. It was a numerous things. I'm not sure what that was. Um, like I said, that's a more more of a question for him. Um, I don't make the make the decisions, but you know, I'm just saying as a whole, just the drama it caused, just you know, all the big media stuff. I know if he could uh, take it back, he he definitely would. So it's only four games into the season. We've had a lot of conversations like the one we just had about Chase. How challenging has that been for you as a leader to kind of navigate all of this? Not only not winning on the field, but then the stuff that happens off of it. Um, I don't think it's as challenging as you know it may seem from the outside. I think guys in here have done a good job, you know, managing, um, you know, and blocking out the outside noise. So that's kind of been good to see. Uh, and we just know, uh, you know, we just cut, try to focus on what we can control. And that's what's going on in here. And that's, you know, um, getting ready for Washington and getting ready to play. So as much as y'all think it does affect us, as much as the media thinks it affects us, um, you know, I know the guys in here are solid. You know, they they bring the same mentality each and every day to work. So definitely proud of those guys, the way they've handled everything and uh, the way they worked through everything. How much pride do you take in what you and C.J. Stroud did this past week and the opportunity you guys have as the only two Ohio State quarterbacks in the league to, to change the narrative around the success guys from Ohio State have in the NFL? Yeah, um, you know, I'm proud of my boy C.J. Um, knowing him from high school, um, you know, it's just been you know cool seeing him grow up. You know, be the quarterback he is. Um, I mean, I knew it from the get go how, you know, how just just who he is. You know, his work ethic. Um, kind of came in and saw like, I'm, of course, y'all weren't there, but when he came to college, um, he was like a grown man. I mean, he was so mature uh, freshman year, um, and his sole focus was, you know, to be the best quarterback he can be. So um, I knew he was going to be great. Um, you know, when he got there, and of course, you know, I'm glad he's finally. Gets to do it on the stage um, and really showing out to be the best rookie right now in the league. So um, hopefully he keeps that going. Hopefully um, they win a lot more games and, you know, he keeps doing his thing. Justin do, you, Justin, do you feel like you have a different level of confidence this week or does the offense have a different level of confidence this week after what you guys, the numbers you were able to put up Sunday? I think so. Um, I think uh, that is the case. You know, like I said before, I think, we took a step in the right direction as an offense. Um, we know we still have some things to work on, but um, I think, like I said before, we, we, we kind of uh, took a step in finding you know, who we are as an offense, our identity, and um, you know, just, just really um, just, just going out there and playing football. So um, you know, I think everybody definitely um, you know, took a step and is more confident going into this week. But to be honest, you know, we always go in the games confident, but um, – we got some guys down on defense right now, so we know we got to help out our defense by scoring points, you know, um, keeping our defense off of the field and, you know, um, you know, just setting them up for great field position when we don't score and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think the biggest team, the biggest thing for our team is, you know, playing complementary football, you know, all three phases, offense, scoring points, you know, defense, getting takeaways, and, of course, winning on special teams. So, um you know, uh, I know that's our sole job as an offense is just to, you know, how about the other two phases of it? Have you spoken yeah. to Chase uh, at all? Have you spoken to Chase at all since Sunday's game? Uh, not since Sunday's game. I talked to him Saturday, but uh, not not after Sunday. What was his mindset when you spoke to him on Saturday? He was cool. Uh, you know, he was he was good. I was just you know, uh, really just checking up on his mental, make sure, making sure he was uh, straight mentally. Said he was gonna. Take some time to itself and, uh, you know, kind of kept it short. But, uh, I mean, the biggest thing, I didn't really 
getting to the details of, you know, what all that happened. I was just, you know, simply just checking up on him, you know, as, as a friend and stuff like that. So, yeah. Justin, what was, your, what was your favorite play from Sunday as it relates to your growth as a quarterback? Was there a play that was not just, you know, pitch and catch or whatever, but something that really showed growth uh, as a quarterback? I think the third and nine to DJ, um, I think that was a good play. Uh, we went on two, but my boy Lucas blacked out and um, <laughs> snapped it on the first first set go, so that's why we had some guys unblocked. But, you know, we just called those uh, no flinch throws and just staying in the pocket and delivering a strike to DJ. Of course, he made a great catch, and um, we converted that third down. So I think that was uh, one play that I can take away from Sunday that, you know, that I liked for sure. So. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. That's good stuff. Really good stuff from Justin Fields. I thought that was... Like between two weeks ago, I thought two weeks ago he was good too, and and he doubled back, and a lot of people blew up that press conference for the the short soundbite. And last week, then he he sort of was pouty about what happened two weeks ago, and I didn't love that. Today, I thought he he hit the right notes, and I thought you you even acknowledged that while we were w- watching and listening that he approached the Chase Claypool questions better than the coaching staff did. I thought he did, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Chase Claypool, that whole conversation is getting too much oxygen right now. I just wish they'd all move on from it. But I understand why the questions are being asked. But I thought that he handled his... I thought his answers were more succinct and, and more direct than especially when they were first talking about it on Sunday after like, the game. That's a question for the coaching staff. Yeah. And that's what you wanted right. them yes. to say about DeRyan. That's a question for Ryan Pohl. Any transaction that takes place yeah. is the under the purview of, of the general manager. And, and the reason why it's still getting oxygen is because they still have Chase Claypool on the roster. Yeah. He's still on the roster, so they either have to cut him or they're trying to hold on to him to try and trade him to get a sixth or seventh. Some sort of compensation, but it wasn't even a year ago that they they traded the the 32nd overall pick. Tyler had an interesting question for us. I'll let you phrase the question, and then we built the poll question off of it. You, Tyler, believe that Bears fans really don't like Chase Claypool, yes. correct? Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the most disliked Bears we've seen in recent memory. And we sort of pushed back on that. I don't... like. I don't believe there's even been enough. I don't think he's been here long enough for people to to kind of develop the type of hatred that or dislike that exists for players. I, I mean, I can understand why people are, are are unhappy, but I think most people I know are kind of apathetic about it. Like they've already moved on. But I think that's more embodied of the the team as a whole. Like people have turned apathetic on the Bears in general. I think if you kind of take that out of the equation and look sort of at the individuals, I don't think Chase Claypool has brought anything to the table, and that pisses me off as a Bears yeah, fan. Yeah, He's he, been one of my least favorite Bears in the, in the last, like, seven months. So, so then as based on the difference of opinions on Claypool, where a couple of us said, was there even enough runway for you to develop any sort of hatred for Chase Claypool other than the fact that he didn't do anything or what you know, Tyler feels and his buddies feel about Chase Claypool that they hate him because he didn't do anything. I phrased it in the form of a poll question, and it's brought to you by your local Chicagoland Toyota dealers. And it's really a two-horse race. I threw in a third because of Chase Claypool's answer from back on Friday. Who are you most mad at for the Chase Claypool Bears failure? Think about this. The Bears basically 
took the 32nd overall pick in this past year's draft, and they lit it on fire. That's what it was. They took the 32nd overall pick, and and they lit it on fire because they got nothing from Claypool, and in less than a year, they can't get anything for him. So they're not even probably going to even get a seventh-round pick for him. You talk about the value of something completely evaporating. So the options that I'm giving you is, are you most mad at Claypool for failing here? Are you most mad at Getze because he didn't play to his strengths? Or are you most mad at Poles for, for giving up what he gave up and it all going south? It is, listen to this, Waddle. Chase Claypool, 45.6% of the vote. Ryan Poles, 45.5% of the vote. It is as close as you can go. It is separated by a tenth of a percentage point. 45.6% versus 45.5% of the vote. Luke Getze getting 8.9% That's a waste of the vote. vote. That's a waste of the vote. Okay, so... If you want to weigh in, 312-332-3776. I also think that even though the first three games gave us nothing, after the fourth game, I think there's a fascinating storyline going into game five. I agree. Because will Justin Fields carry over his first three quarters into this Thursday night showdown? Will we see more growth, and will we finally have something to build on with Justin Fields at quarterback. I think this is something really interesting to follow. 332-3776. There was someone who agreed with Waddle's take on Justin Fields and what he did not do in the fourth quarter. I want to play you that when we come back. We'll take all of your phone calls coming up. Barstool Big Cat's going to join us at 4 o'clock. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Ah, commuting in Chicago. If you're stuck, stick with Waddle and Sylvie. Weekdays 2 to 6. Hope your Tuesday's going great. It's like a summer-like day out there today. It's beautiful. Mid-80s. It's the only redeeming thing going on in this town right now is the weather. Enjoy it while it lasts. A three one two three three two three seven seven six. We just heard Justin Fields speak, and it's going to be very interesting to see what he can do against Washington. I think it's the uh, that that's what's most intriguing about Thursday's game, even more so than trying to break a fourteen game losing streak. To me, yeah, because they've got um, a good front. You've mentioned this, but they also give up points. That that's a team you can score points against, and the Bears' offensive line continues to get better. Tevin Jenkins was a full participation uh, again, so uh, the Bears' line continues to like Nate Davis did well yeah. last week. I was happy, and so now you get Jenkins back. Um, do we do we have word on what they're going to do at center? I w- it's going to be white hair, right? Uh, I, mean, I would hope that they'd kick white hair into center and uh, they would put things back in, in, in place the way that they were set up to start the season. I want to play you this, too, because um, you mentioned that while Fields and, and you rewatched everything again. I watched it all again. That's why I have such a headache. And you said the one thing, though, that you said is the three quarters of the first three quarters was the best you've seen a Bears quarterback playing years ever. 
Ever. Maybe ever? Well, I mean, listen, uh, uh, let's look at it. The bar's not very high, right? With no disrespect to, you know, like, we have never had g- truly great quarterback play, right? And it was against the Denver Broncos. But put that into context, I'm telling you. Like I've always said to you, when, like people get mad and think you're too negative. I'll tell you when it's bad. I'll also tell you when it's good. I don't have an agenda here. I'll tell you when it's really good. I'll tell you when it's really bad. I'll tell you when it's in the middle. I haven't seen a Bears quarterback play that way, and I can't tell you how long. Every read was right. Every He was using his eyes to, to try and hold safeties with different plays. His accuracy decisions were spot on. His accuracy was unlike anything I've ever seen from a Bears quarterback. Like Every ball was thrown in the first three quarters. Every ball was thrown exactly where it needed to be thrown, A, for the receiver to make a play for him, and B, to, to take the ball and get something with it afterwards. Like, there were no situations where guys sitting wide open and, and Justin throws it to the wrong shoulder, and instead of being a play that gains 25 yards, it's dead right there at 12. There's none of that. Like, that's as good as I've seen a Bears quarterback play in forever. Now, the fourth quarter... You know, we saw mistake-prone quarterback that we've seen the majority of his time here in Chicago. So, like, I said this yesterday, and I believe it even more so today. The first three quarters were like they were played on one day over here. And then the fourth quarter was played on a completely separate day by a completely separate team. It was, like, so crazy how it was different in terms of player execution. Like, everyone was buttoned up and dialed in over here. And I told you in the fourth quarter they committed two turnovers, four penalties... And a, a several mental mistakes that none of a, none of that happened in the first 45 minutes. It all happened in the last 15 minutes. And at the end of the day, like I don't discount in any way, shape or form the fabulous play that I saw in the first 45 minutes. But I can't discount what I saw in the last 15 minutes either. I think it's fair. Shannon Sharp uh, was on his podcast with Ocho Cinco. It's called the Nightcap. And he, it's a funny exchange because, like, his uh, analogy. Yeah, well, and th- these guys are just really funny, too. And you learn a lot about both of them by listening to them. So, this was, uh, and Shannon, someone sent this to us on Twitter because they heard what you said, and Shannon Sharp agrees with you. This was Shannon Sharp's assessment of Justin Fields' play from this last game. Was having the day of days. He was having the game of his career. Beautiful. Until the final three drives. Look, as great as Justin Fields played up until those final three drives, right? he was awful the last three drives. So you're not even taking what he did throughout the game where he was playing phenomenal football. You basing his performance on those last three drives only? To match your question. You ever gambled in Vegas? Well, I'm cheap. Now you know I ain't spending no money. But let's just say for the sake of argument, you go to you go to Vegas. Okay. You Okay, you playing poker. You up 20 million. Wait, I'm up, I'm up how much? You up 20 million. And then at the end of the night, you lost it all. Are they going to talk about that you was up 20 million or are they going to talk about the fact that you lost? Oh, they're going to talk about the fact that I lost. Oh, so, so what are we talking about right now with Justin okay. Fields? <laughs> Listen, when you put it to me like that, God. God. See, now, I, I, I don't. I, I think it can be somewhere in the middle because Justin didn't lose all 20 million. There was someone over uh, at the roulette table losing ten million. Yeah, and that it, defense. It was that defense. Yeah, you know no what doubt. I mean? Like, Absolutely. and there were other players who were losing five million over here. I believe that it can truly be a building block 
with other things that he needs to improve on. I don't disagree with you 100%. That's why I think Thursday night's a really important game and a game that I'm very intrigued to watch. As I said yesterday, though, you don't deny the progress and the goodness that you saw, but real progress takes place in yes, crunch time. Of course. So when we. That's the ultimate goal where you need absolutely, to get to. Absolutely. Because but, regardless of what the defense did on Sunday in the final 15 minutes, he turned the ball over twice. Yes. Right. But where, where you've come from in two weeks after the press conference on being too robotic and not knowing what the hell the offense is doing, to go from there and after the Chiefs game where you, you kicked a field goal and you were down, what, 41 to nothing? 41 or, to nothing after three quarters. So where you've come from there, and I know it's Denver, I know all that, yeah. but still to play then one of the best three quarters you've ever seen a Bears quarterback play, no doubt. that is major progress. Now we need to see him stack them. Well, now, that's and, and then, or or then it goes out the window. Correct. That's why you know you'll find out over the course of time was this just an anomaly where everything you know some days you wake up and everything goes your way, and some days you wake up and everything doesn't go your way. Over the course right. of time, we'll find out whether this was an anomaly the first three quarters, or it is the start of something new. But before you really come to the conclusion that real true progress has been made. You know, we had this discussion last year about learning how to win. It wasn't important. You and I agreed on that last year as much because they were tearing it down. At this point for a young team, like, you've got to, your quarterback has to be a reason why you're winning games at some point. And he's got to have, I'd rather him kick the can in the first quarter and play in the fourth quarter the way he did in the first, second, or you, third quarter. You know, though, he usually doesn't play. I know that's how you would like it. He usually doesn't – if he gets going early, he usually gets – starts building confidence. But we're never going to get to where we want to go until the oh, fourth course. quarter okay. looks like the second or I'm third quarter. I'm just looking at it in the context of two weeks ago, this offense couldn't get out of their own way. Yeah. To all of a sudden then him – like, this is to me old, like old school TV. Where, you know, at the end of a, an episode, they would put up to be continued? Yeah. Well, now this is to be continued on Thursday. Absolutely. The entire story will be told over the course of the next few weeks. Yeah. Can he carry it over? Absolutely. And like, then, look, you, you have to, you, this is part of the evaluation process. Again, was quarters one, were quarters one, two, and three an anomaly? Or were they a sign that maybe finally some of it's kicking in? Yes. There's been 29 starts. He's five and 24. Yeah. There's been more bad than good. What I saw in the first 45 minutes of the game on Sunday was fantastic. What I saw in the final 15 minutes left me frustrated again. So let's find a way on Thursday night to build on what you were able to do the first three quarters. Patrick in Downers Grove, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Pat? Hey, boys. How are you doing? We're good. Yeah, I just wanted to touch base on your uh, poll question. I think it's like 100%. Obviously, Polls made made the decision, but it's a hundred percent Chase Claypool. It's his contract year. He's a grown man. He doesn't show effort. He couldn't learn the playbook. Like he, he just he, he's a millionaire and he quit. And he went to Notre Dame, so he thinks he's. <laughs> uh, this mean, is this is some Notre Dame hatred out of you. No, no, actually, a, a little family bit. that went to Notre Dame. Let, let's, actually, you know what, Patrick? I let's, went to parties. With let's reverse engineer this because 99% of the time I'm looking at a player instead of anybody else because you're a professional. 
Yeah. When when we look at the three options, the first one is Getty. I dismiss that. You tell me what you what was yeah. the question? Not using him correctly. You tell me what Chase Claypool does well, and I'll tell you whether or not the coach put him in a position to take advantage of what he does well. I agree, and he does nothing well. So I can't blame that then. Even if the coordinator EQ is not taking is advantage of him, EQ is better than him. So like that's so I kick that that response out of the out of the window. Is is he? Has he behaved and performed here in Chicago in the time he's been there the way he did in Pittsburgh? Oh, or yes, were there signs? Have. Yes, there were signs. So, so you there should have, you signs, should have yeah. known that this was possible. So at some I point agree. you got to say, you yeah. know, like, why did Ryan give up what he gave up for because, a guy that had Because the Packers these... wanted him, and he was, he was, he was desperate. Yeah. And because, I agree. I mean, we could have gotten uh, Porter Jr., Another corner because we're we're desperate for secondary. Look, we got an edge rusher, and, and, and I thought it was a bad trade, but as a, he's a grown man. I, 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 and, and, and I think it's nuanced, and I, I I have enough blame to go around with Claypool. I blame Poles, and and I believe Poles handcuffed himself because in his first draft. He didn't do enough to help Justin Fields out with skill guys. His only real offensive guy that he gave him was Valus Jones. Valus Jones turned out to be a bust, and he knew it uh, after he got him inside the building. And after he saw that, he knew that he had to add. He knew that the free agent crop wasn't good, so he tried to get in front of it. And then he panicked when he saw that the Packers, the division rival, that they were in on Claypool and he wanted to give up the Ravens pick, but the, they they couldn't get him with the Ravens pick. So then he panicked and he gave up the Bears pick. And 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 it turned out to be one of the worst trades in Bears history. And sometimes you make mistakes. Well, yeah. and, and I Sometimes think, they're bigger well, than others. Well, 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 I think when you pass on George Pickens and then you draft Valus Jones, you continue to compound one bad decision into another bad decision. I think all of it started with his first draft. I think by choosing the two defensive backs and uh, 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 passing up on wide receivers, not having a first, having a couple of, uh, and he liked the secondary guys more than he liked Pickens. And then he chose Valis, a 25-year-old player, who had one decent year, not even a good year at Tennessee, as the wide receiver, what did he do to help Justin? He didn't. And then he sees it, and then he panics, and then the Packers get in, and he panics more, and then it forces him to really, like, in a rebuild. This isn't even... If you were going for a division championship, you could understand, okay, I'm giving you my second-round pick. We're going for it. This year, it's big, like Jed did this year. We're going for it. My team is showing me something. We need to keep Bellinger. We need to go for it. We need to acquire somebody. The Bears were in rebuild mode. So you've answered the question. And you gave up a future second, a player at the 32nd overall pick that for four, at least four years should be a building block on your team. Those are really important players, and you got nothing out of him. So you answer. It's polls. Yes. That's the, what I was saying. As you re, if you re, you know, reverse engineer this thing, it seems like the answer is pretty easy. For me, it is. Yeah. Look, and I don't, I don't, I, I'm not Clay taking. Paul's not blameless. Of course not. He's a grown man. He's a, supposed to be a professional. 
But if this if if this was already part of buyer beware, if this was part of the equation, and you knew it or you should have known it, then I mean, and then and then he showed you that he knew that Claypool was and Velas were bust by going out and doing the DJ Moore deal. He knew it. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. That's the phone number if you want to weigh in. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN one thousand. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Talking some Bears. Justin Fields spoke today. Luke Getze spoke today. Also, we'll talk some Cubs today. Jed yes! Ho- Jed Hoyer spoke today. Can we get Jed on the show? I like our conversations with Jed. Me too. We're efforting him. I think they're still conducting exit interviews. Jesse's on the case there. I, I thought he was very good about whether or not this was a successful season. The short answer is no, he said. Um, we'll play that in a little bit. Let's continue to take some phone calls. I'm going to call an audible here, uh, Tyler. I want to take Matt because he's been on hold for a while. The last time we talked to Matt in stream, what he was very emotional. Do you remember that? Oh, one? yeah, yeah. I hope that uh, I hope he's feeling better. Are you uh, are you still emotional, Matt, over the Bears' lack of success? Oh, worse, Sylvie, worse. But you know, I, I like I said after I saw that Tampa game, and I, I felt bad for you the following week because your loss was even worse than than mine. But it's just. Like it's so sad, Sylvie, with that with that roster and Waddle. It just it's just uh, it's not getting better, and it looked like it was like I thought Justin was rolling, and then once again it just all fell apart. Even though Justin was actually perfect for the first three quarters, it just Sylvie once again the defense let up and Justin contributed as well, and it just it just snowballed. Now, how often do you um, do you cry over the Bears? <laughs> Uh, I was just, it's not that, Sylvie. The only person I really do is I, 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 like I said, it was Justin. I always feel like, I always think he's the quarterback. And I just feel, you know, no matter what he does, it's just for something in the fourth quarter or whatever, like he just, I don't know if he dwells on stuff or if he's overthinking. It's just, I mean, he was so perfect the first three quarters and then it just snowballed. So it's just Justin. Justin makes me sad because he's the one that I like the most on this team. Okay. Do you, but do you think now he's building on something? I hope so. That's why I hope so, Sylvia. I really do. Okay. I hope he does. Right. I, I think, you know, if, if he could just – I just want to see that. Like, I've only seen for Justin two quarters or sometime or a quarter and a half, you know, in New England. But it's just – I just want to see him game to game and just build on. And then maybe he can break through and get the win and then stockpile another win. But it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just the record. It just seems daunting. Yep, Matt. Thank you. We appreciate it. Hey, Matt. Be well. Thank you, guys. Matt's always down in the dumps. He lives and dies with the Bears. Well, I mean, they've lost fourteen I straight know, going back to last year. I mean, if you are tying your happiness to the well, yeah, to the outcome of games for your favorite football franchise, this is where you're going to be. That's where you shouldn't do that. Robert on three fifty five. What's up, Robert? Hey, how's it going, guys? We're we're hanging in. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to touch base with the the Chase Claypool stuff. Um, like I'm kind of with Tyler. If the question is, you know, do I not like him no more? As an NFL 
player for the Chicago Bears, yes, I agree with him. I did not like him as a player. It was only four games. He hardly contributed. He did not. He had to apologize after one week one. Yeah. I mean, he had. I mean, Sylvie, you had the report early back then. I mean, you know, this kind of reminds me. I don't know if it's a it's a good comp, Sylvie, but the Milton Bradley situation. How fast did he sign him? How, I don't know how many games he went, but he was just a. I know it's. He was a completely just different bad player, but that, yeah, that's my thoughts, guys. Thanks, Robert. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, it's uh, he's had a lot of opportunities to turn it around, and we know that polls is giving his guys opportunity. They keep activating Velas Jones. Look, let me ask you again. I understand that you're playing against the Denver Broncos. That's fine. When you watch that team play offensively, and there were a lot of things that went into the success, at least in the first three quarters of that game. They're a better offense when Darnell Mooney is a larger focal point. When he's your number two option behind DJ Moore, I believe you're a better offense. And I just felt like for whatever reason, and obviously the reasons are obvious, they were trying to force something. When I uh, Look, I, I think Darnell Mooney has had a better career than, D, than, than Chase Claypool. I think he's a better receiver. They're obviously different. One is a you know very fast, smaller guy, quick twitch. The other guy's tall, angular. He's you know built like a football Adonis. But I think Darnell Mooney has always felt he's a better football player, and I think the offense is going to work more efficiently when you give him more opportunities. And I just felt like it was clunky trying to force Chase out there, and you didn't get any production. I think it hurt what the happened? quarterback and the offensive I think it hurt them all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look at what happened when you, you made Darnell a bigger part of the offense. He had four catches in week one against the Green Bay Packers and caught the only touchdown pass. He disappeared for two weeks as Chase Claypool's percentage of snaps taken went way up. Well, Chase isn't even in the lineup. Darnell's back in the lineup, and 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 again, I'm not going to I'm not going to say it's the only reason why things looked better offensively on Sunday, but I, I mean, it, this isn't a mystery. It, they're like I, I'm baffled that it took them this long to try to kind of put a better player in position to contribute contribute more to an offense that was struggling mightily. To what Robert was saying there, Milton Bradley was the name and, and kind of what inspired. The, the question I was thinking of, too, is, like, he's the last guy that I remember, like, really, really hating for both on-field and off-field and effort antics. I, mean, I hated Milton Bradley. Hated him. And it, it, you can see a lot of similarities between the two guys, Milton Bradley and Chase Claypool. And they were banking on uh, the his demeanor. I remember the Cubs thought that the Milton Bradley like attitude would actually help them. That they were too nice. They were they were banking on Milton Bradley being a bad guy, helping the Cubs. It was such faulty thinking by Jim Hendry. Let's remember what Ryan Poles was thinking the day that they acquired Chase Claypool. We have some of that sound. Um, he's still not officially off the Bears yet. He he. Basically is, but they still haven't cut him. What are we doing? What, what you, are we doing? They're trying doing to trade. They're trying to trade him. What are you giving for him? Nothing. Okay. So uh, we will play that for you coming up. We're going to talk to our buddy Derek Stevens from Circa. He's in town. There's some exciting news we want to pass along. We want to talk to him about some uh, gambling as well. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to talk about uh, some Bears conversation with us, it's Waddle and Sylvie.